I like it. Bring the energy. Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Enigma. This is Seth Goldstein. Hey, everybody. This is the first episode of Entrepreneur's Enigma where I have a guest. This is going to be very exciting. And none other than Chelsea Craig, a, a, the, uh, who's an alumna of my alma mater, University of Delaware. She's a blue hen Ooh, along with me. blue hens. <laughs> exactly. So I also learned that she was a b-ball player for the women's basketball team and that she's really tall. <laughs> I am very tall. I realized that, that you and I have, you know, we obviously become close during the quarantine and a lot of networking. Yeah. I had the opportunity to host you on my show as well just from from getting to know each other but yeah. it's the virtual world we've only seen each other this big um so yeah, in real life you're like three inches taller than me i'm very tall yeah cameras hide that <laughs> it's awesome well hence i was so i saw i saw so I was, you search for you know people on google and they come up and i found that she's up on the basketball team that way and i was like okay cool i'm like because but, but women's basketball you can be short you can be tall it's not like men's basketball that they're they're right 25,000 feet tall. Starting height is like 6'5". <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, all right. And I looked at like, oh, she's 6'2". Mm -hmm. She actually was meant to be a basketball player. I was. Basketball or volleyball. Let's talk about Rhino Reviews. You are the CEO, the chief boss lady, the head honcho. The yeah, those are all the glamorous roles. We can also go with like the secretary, the admin, the bookkeeper, the accountant. <laughs> it's how it is. When you're an entrepreneur, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Now, is it only you or do you, it's you and a whole team, right? Yeah. So I do have some contracted help, okay. which has been an incredible lifesaver. Um, some key players um, just as we've grown, but uh, the majority of the bulk work, I would say still falls. It's also probably just myself. I'm a little type A, um, yeah. so not wanting to relinquish any of that control yet. You know, I get it. It's taken me a while with Goldstein Media to say, hey, I can't do all of this. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you're at the point where you you realize that you can't do all of it and you get some contractors in. And I feel like in today's world, a lot of people don't want to be on W2 with people. They want to do their own thing. They want to like, oh, today's Chelsea's day. I'm working with Chelsea today on this project. Good. This is Chelsea's day. Next day is Joe's day or Steve's day or my own day. And mm -hmm. I, I kind of like that method of running a business, at least when you're young and starting out. I mean, I'm not young. I'm 40. But like I've been doing this for 13 years. That's still way. young. Yeah, I feel I feel old every single day. I feel a little bit older, but you know, but like to us geriatric millennials, huh, we were, which is we my were, favorite term. I love it. geriatric millennials. We're geriatric. So you went to the University of Delaware, but you didn't go for like reputation management. I'm not even sure if that was something. Is even still something you can go to school for? Um, is it still? I don't. So. I don't think you can. It is. You can That'd be just, a great lesson. I know. I think you can just now start going for web design now. When I was there, yeah. had nothing like that. And and it's all. I mean, in all honesty, it probably. I went to school. I graduated in 2014, and back then, I mean, the world of social media and the digital world has changed so much since then that it probably wasn't. Real. I mean, you think Instagram and Facebook, they were what. Uh, 2000. Um, so yeah. everything was was hard. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't really a need then. No, I actually um, total left field. I actually went to school for exercise science um, for physical therapy. Um, so very different. Repairing things, I guess. Um, but yeah. 
not repair an online reputation. So know that the whole world of marketing, uh, digital marketing, um, social media, all of that. Obviously, I partook in the social media from a personal standpoint, but yeah, um, didn't study it or, or learn it um, from an educational kind of the traditional way, I guess. Well, it's, but it's fun. So how did you find your way into this? It's a fabulous question. Um, so I was uh, went to school for physical therapy, realized that wasn't right, um, did what most people did and kind of panicked, went to a job fair and ended up getting a internship that turned into a sales role at Frito-Lay PepsiCo. Fabulous oh. company, right? Yeah. Talk about a company that also you're very excited when you get the welcome basket and it's filled with like Doritos and Fritos and Tostitos. Um yeah, oh, amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm hungry now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's about that lunchtime too. Um, was with Frito-Lay for just over three years. Really loved the company. Incredible learnings. Um, really, they did an incredible job focusing on like personal development and growth um, and just mm -hmm. developing you both as an employee, but also more just as a, an individual person with a future in business. So fabulous experience there. Can't say enough, but it just wasn't right for me. And I, you know, joined the world and said, okay, well, what's the right way to kind of pivot out of this and open up my network again? So I'll do what most people do. For some reason, it's socially acceptable to go back and get more education, spend mm -hmm. a large sum of money on further education without really the intent and knowing why I was doing it. Um, mm -hmm. So what I may be there, I studied for the GMAT, was accepted at Darden and had the full intention to go get my MBA and try and figure out what was what I was going to do next. Um, after three years in the working world, I thought I deserved a bit of a break. So I took a couple yeah. months off before starting school. And during that time, really realized, okay, let's look at this opportunity cost. It's two years out of the job market. I was self-funding it. And if you are familiar with the cost of MBAs, it's a couple hundred grand. Um, so I was looking at some serious debt and not really knowing why I was kind of going down that route other like than the I, ROI on it. Yeah, exactly. Like, what am I doing? And during that time, I was helping out some friends, um, with their businesses um, as I just had some free time and ended up realized they all individually had a couple of review and online reputation issues that I was just helping with. Realized I thought there might be an opportunity. There were solutions out there, but that there was some misalignment between the companies that were providing the solutions, the pricing they were offering, who they were offering it to, their target audience, and just thought, okay, I'll take a quarter of my MBA fund. Let's try it, invest it in myself, see if it works, if it doesn't. Hopefully we can spin it and, you know, still go back to school and maybe someone will hire me. Um, and fortunately, uh, three years later, uh, here we are still going strong. So, it's, yeah, it's working for the most part. <laughs> That's awesome. And and so three years into it and it's going strong, you know, mm -hmm. you usually say the first year is the toughest. And, it's, and then there's the five year mark, which I've done twice. <laughs> We supposed to meet a version one, then went and got a job, got out of it through another five years or more than that now. I'm 13. I, I can't do math. Anyhow. But you know, but you're doing you're doing great work. I you know, I only hear the greatest things about writing reviews and Thank you. Chelsea and you know your team. <laughs> so and so for let's say because there's all these these Z generation out there, you know, they're all out there, they all kind of have you now they have, you know, we thought we had a bad rap as you know, millennials. I they, know. Have even, they have an even weirder rap. But a lot of them are coming out and just saying, eh, I don't want to work for the man. I want to do my own thing. What kind yeah. of advice would you give the younger set who maybe didn't fall? Like we, I think like we both fell into entrepreneurship mm -hmm. versus I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to go be an entrepreneur starting out. Like what kind of, what kind of advice would you give them? 
Yeah, it's it's that's an interesting question. Um, I definitely did not ever think that I would be having anything of my own. I, as you mentioned, play basketball. I'm very militant with my things. I am a great executor. Like I love a plan, a strategy. I love following someone's mission. So for me as a, as a business owner, that's one of my challenges is making sure that I'm always with coaches because I'm not good at thinking of plans. I want to just do things and get things done. Give me a checklist and I'm the happiest person. So anyone that does like naturally say like, Hey, I want to start a business or I want to do this. I have that entrepreneur spirit. I'm in so much on admiration. Um, I mm, think just so being able, yeah, just being able to verbalize that, that's scary. It's vulnerable. Um, mm -hmm. So first of all, kudos there. But one thing I would highly suggest is like, it is so easy now to start something on the side to get some type of like side hustle going on with just everything online um, that I can't stress that enough. You mentioned like your first year in business being the hardest. Oh, While gosh. I feel like every year has been challenging. I think for us, my first year was really hard because I didn't, I thought I knew what people were going to want. I thought I knew what customers want. We launched the business and I thought, this is great. We're going to be an overnight success. And we couldn't have been more wrong. Um, mm -hmm. We realized eight months in after really listening to customer and prospect feedback, what we were missing. And when we made that pivot, that's when the business took off. But had I, you know, kind of really been figuring that out during software development, during other key kind of downtime, I could have saved a lot. Uh, so for anyone, mm. what I mean just by that is for anyone who is considering starting, start now. Um, fail fast, fail quickly, learn from it, pivot, move forward. Um, but before jumping mm -hmm. into heat and investing it, make sure that like there's the need there, there's the audience there, you can learn things. Um, but yeah, start start now if you're thinking about it. There's never, never. Yeah, there's always a side hustle, always a side hustle. I mean, get mm. a job with the man to pay the bills yeah. and then do your thing on the side. I mean, and I, I, it's kind of funny, like you said, like, you know, you said three years into it, you said like the first year or two, we were you had to pivot and change things. You mm -hmm. know how many times in 13 years I've pivoted and changed things? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. flew by the seat of my pants. I was a journalism major in, at Delaware. Mm -hmm. I And I was a journalist for six years. I have, and honestly, to this day, I'm still flying by the seat of my pants. 13 years at, at it, I'm like, oh, we need a process for that? Oh, <laughs> you know, that would make more sense. Like well, I feel like all of those experiences are unique too. And I mean, at the end of the day, say it about sales. At the end of the day, sales is sales. The product is interchangeable. Mm -hmm. Business is kind of that way too. And, you know, we always laugh when I'm, when I'm first onboarding clients, we'll try and walk them through our processes. And they say, well, our business is very unique. Every business is unique, but 80% of all businesses are also the exact same. And so by you having all these amazing experiences and kind of different life journeys, I feel like that's what makes you now successful and makes everything, you know, Goldstein Media, the success that it is, because you're able to pull upon all these different, like unique mm. pieces and come into something with fresh eyes, new eyes, different eyes mm -hmm. um, than, than what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Ironically, this was never supposed to be a 13 year journey. <laughs> I, I remember, I think on your podcast, I said that it was like, it was supposed to be a, a means to an end to get a job. Mm -hmm. Oops. Mm. You know, Hey, you know, it's working, you know, that's yeah. all I can say, but like, you know, here's a question. I have these, these I ordered these pod decks from pod deck and they're a bunch of interview questions. I was oh, going through okay. them and I was like, a lot of them were kind of like silly or not applicable to a business type podcast. But here's one. What would you do with an extra hour in the day? Um. <laughs> Sleep. Um, <laughs> most people. I figured I was, I'm curious. Is, what would most people say? Probably sleep. Yeah. So it's, I, I'm sure you experienced this th during the pandemic. It really, this past year working completely from home, I was always digital, but for some reason used to, uh, 
I always did everything in person. All my clients were all local. I still did all my networking in person and mm -hmm. being in the Philly area, anyone that's in 76 or, you know, near at, near that can understand driving is, I mean, probably any big city, but driving is just a headache. Um, so when the pandemic happened, oh, I realized God. I was getting like four hours of my day back from just not commuting and being only virtual. But I can't figure out where those extra hours went because it, it didn't feel any extra. Um, but yeah, yeah exactly. Sleep. Short answer, sleep. Probably, probably, probably sleep, you know, exactly. My thing is, I don't know what I would do. I, I probably would either sleep or do more work, but or play mm -hmm. with my kid maybe. We'll say, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, he never has enough time. He has enough time with. He never has enough time with me, even though I give him more time. But you know, <laughs> my whole thing is with the, with the in per, also with the in person networking. That's a good question because I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm still in the pandemic mode where it's like, mm -hmm. I don't want to go mash shoulders with people yet. I'm not there yeah. yet. There's the whole Delta variant out right now, and I'm like, my kid's not vaccinated. I'm like, nah, I don't think I'm ready. I'm going. I've gone back to a co-working space. My co-working space. Mm -hmm. one day a week but it's like like, like how, how's how's this whole pandemic experience changed have you been back in person to networking so i'm not and i actually had this conversation um i think it was yesterday with someone i i don't foresee myself really shifting back to in person unless it's a huge event and then for clients um because of covid as i mentioned before we were all local clients in 2019 and early 2020 and now i realized we've shifted and i only have three clients kind of in the local philly area everywhere else is you know we have our canada clients finally california well, chicago so i can't go local for them um yeah i've noticed that too i've had a lot of clients more clients that are like we're never going to meet yeah well it's just it sounds terrible but it's so efficient to not mm -hmm. meet in person. So we've kind of shifted. I've said, we'll do quarterly meetings if we can in person. Um, and then for networking, I, you know, there's some fabulous groups out there. Shout out to Ben Hecht, best of the best. Um, and, and I mean, there's too many to list, but he's one but like, like on the table of forests where we met on uh, yeah. paradigm marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Vicky Hart. Um, absolutely. I love Vicky. Oh, Vicky's a riot. Yeah. And as long as those groups continue networking virtually, um, I don't see myself shifting back. I mean, even that situation, that's a new, uh, that's a New Jersey style networking group. I wouldn't have ever been in that group prior, um, being in the King of Prussia area. But. No, we're both Philly people. You're in King of Prussia. I'm in Doylestown, closer to New Jersey, but like, exactly. you're in North Jersey. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, not making that commute. I've got, I actually got a deal from that. It's a therapist huh? from that group. You know, she was in there one day. We talked, we hit it off. She's in North, North Jersey. Okay. I would never have gotten that client if it wasn't for Vicky. So thank you, Vicky. She's but, the best. Oh my god. She's all, and talk about high high energy and like bubbly and so much fun. You know, and, and mm -hmm. honestly, check out table for four. Mm -hmm. It's a great networking event for people to go out and meet people. Look, I, I met a fellow blue hand, it's local. Yeah. No, it's so really how's the, how did you choose Delaware? Like, because I mean you're from Maryland, right? Maryland area. Judging yeah. by your judging by your phone number, the area code. It is. I refuse. You know, God, I think I'm, I don't know when I start claiming Philly as like home home, but um, yeah, I mean, I moved out from Maryland in 2009 and uh, God, that's an, longer than I want it to be, but uh, I, I can't ever change my cell phone. That's like, you know, that's core to who I am. So I'll have that 240 area code forever. Um, yeah. I've had my same phone number since sophomore year of college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I just, will it's not weird. drop that number. I don't care no. how many spam calls I get. I will not lose that number. Well, so I don't know if you find this. 
it actually helps me filter the spam calls better because they use your area code. So they use like, I'll get all these calls from Baltimore or from Gaithersburg, all these Maryland places. And obviously I'm in Philly now for the past over 10 years. So anytime I see those calls come through, I know to just ignore because they're, they're spam ones. Um, yeah, and actually the phones are getting better at saying suspected spam. Yes, I've, I've been Which is scary because I'm always wondering, well, what if that isn't suspected spam or when I get, but I'm like, if they want to talk to me, they can leave a message, so. Yeah. I fortunately, well, not that I know at least, because I guess maybe the person hasn't left a message, but I've, I don't think that they've been incorrect. I normally search any unknown call. I silence it and then search it and um, go off of that on whether it's been like a reported phone number or if it's a real one. Yeah, spam. Yeah. All right, well, so, so go back to review management here. Mm-hmm. Um, when people come to you, I'm sure you've seen the gamut gambit of like, I have a few bad reviews. Let's work on this. Or, hey, I have no reviews, nothing at all. I need yeah. help. I want to get some good reviews in there. And you also have the ones where they're like, oh, my God, the last predecessor was a bum, to say the least, and ticked off everyone. Now we have a new CEO in, and we want to make a better impression. How does that work? How does the process work with Ryan Arrow reviews? Um, so those are... F- you know, quite a few kind of different examples. Uh, so we would approach each one differently. Um, and I think that's, but that's exactly to your point, yeah. what makes us unique and why our clients enjoy working with us. As I mentioned at the beginning of this, I did not invent the importance of online reviews, though I wish yeah. I did. Or like the need for rich. Yeah. yeah, God. Um, I definitely didn't invent that need. I didn't invent the, the, the tool or the idea yeah. on how to get more. What makes us unique is our customized strategy. So for example, you just listed three very different situations that would require three different strategies, three different approaches. Um, And what we found was in the market, there's not customized solutions. There's software you can go get, but then it always falls on your team to come up with the strategy, to implement the strategy, or your marketing team to come up with the strategy and implement it. Mm -hmm. Um, For clients themselves, the direct businesses, they don't have the time, the desire, or um, really the bandwidth, we find a lot of the time, to dedicate someone to this full time. If they did, they would have been doing it already. marketing it's kind of the same thing when they're billing per hours or they're set on projects mm-hmm. i mean i don't take offense to it it's not worth their time it's not worth their billable hours to spend on this but it's an important solution and a, an important strategy that a lot of clients need so that's where we're able to come in kind of with this hybrid approach um being really specialized being the experts in this kind of true niche industry yeah. we come up with a customized solution based off of Hey, where is your reputation right now? Where's your competition's reputation? What industry are you in? Because that affects a lot of things as well, like regulations. Um, for example, if you're in the medical industry, you know what you can and can't say in review responses so that you're not violating HIPAA. Or maybe you're in the financial industry. Oh, HIPAA. I hate HIPAA. Oh. Well, it's awful. Um, half, I mean, the time when people, half the time when people say, can you can like, yes, you can talk to my wife. Don't yeah. I, just talk to my wife. Like, Ever. seriously. Like, uh. It's, I get I why it's there. Why it's, yes, that's exactly what I was saying too. But it's annoying. As a journalist, it was annoying too. Like, I, like are, is, is the person still alive after the car crash? Or we can't tell you. I'm like, thank you. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, so you customize everything mm-hmm. for people, which I which is very unique. I mean, there's yaxed out there that you know, yeah, we're gonna leave them alone. I, I'm not a fan. But there's other, just other small, you know, companies out there that do reviews somewhat and they have their own little gimmick that they do stuff but you're i mean you only have a gimmick you do things 
you know, customized. Yeah. And so, I mean, as you mentioned, there are other solutions and what that looks like is it's, it's the software, it's the tools that we provide you with as well. Um, but what our, our difference is it's the done for you service. Um, it's the personalization and especially in today's environment, it's really risky to have any feature that's speaking on behalf of your brand that's responding to reviews or responding or watching to have it be some automated process. I mean, we don't need to get into to politics here and all this, you know, basically it's not terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that went on, like you want to, you want a live person with a pulse of your business, with a pulse of the conversation that's happening about you online um, to raise red flags, to respond to green ones, um, to, to really just handle it. Um, so that's the, kind of peace of mind that we provide our clients. We're providing the tools and we're growing it, but we're also acting, speaking and watching on behalf of your brand online. Um, but again, That's it's awesome. and it's, it's all personal, it's real. Um, That's great. I mean, and that, and cause I know like I have clients, you know, that I've tried to get you in front of at times and stuff like that, you know, and they've been like, oh, we're using this software. I'm like, you should talk to Chelsea. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're in commitment for a year. I'm like, well, then you should talk to Chelsea when you're out of that commitment, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Cause it's just like, I. It's just, it's such a complex space. You would think that someone writes your review, you say thank you, but you're out in the world. I miss my, I miss them. I don't respond to them right away. Half mm -hmm. the time I, I didn't even know you put a review up about me. You know, it's like, cause you're busy in your business doing what you're good at, you know, hiring for the rest. And that's what you gotta yeah. do. You know, so that's great. So let's, so tell people about your podcast, Reputation Matters. That was, that's really cool. Very well produced. Good Thank theme. you. Very uh, jazzy intro, which is good. I really like it. <laughs> Thanks. And shout out. I mean, if, if anyone listening wants to get check out a great episode, I had Seth on the the show. Um, so really entertaining episode. Super high energy. Oh my gosh, the range and conversations that we talked about too. I think you and I hit on the most topics to date. Um, oh, woo so, yeah, yeah, really exciting episode. But the show is I I real what I like about it is uh, the majority of the time we're interviewing agency owners such as yourself and getting their kind of take on both reputation management and then the unique strategies that they've put in place. Um, one thing that I really love is I, I use the definition a lot. You know, if you were to ask someone what's their definition of small business, it's mm -hmm. so wide. And I feel like it's that way with reputation management. So I love starting the show, just getting this industry's take on, hey, what does reputation management mean? It's, and it's often shaped by experiences that they've had with clients. And then kind of moving forward, okay, what are their strategies? And again, it's so unique because each agency typically has their niche of clients they work with. So it's great getting their insights and their strategies for that specific niche, but then also realizing that, again, those are strategies that maybe they've always done it in the construction space because it works really well, but someone in the law industry really could pick up on that and take it there. Um, so it's, I, I really enjoy it. Um, great opportunity again, also just to talk with really engaging, incredible people such as yourself. But yeah, highly recommend checking it out. We're on any platform that you listen to, your podcast, um, download, give us five stars if we deserve it. Um, give us a rating. Deserve it. It. They're, always, they're always good. I really enjoy them. You're very, you know, you got a good bedside manner and it's, I enjoy it. Take it from some guy who's been doing podcasts for a little too long. But, um, <laughs> so, all right, so where can, they, where can people find you online? Where are you most active? So people yeah, want to interact so with you. Yeah, we are most active by far on LinkedIn. Um, it's a great way to engage with just anyone and everyone. But yeah, so if you want to either just get more tips, our podcasts are published every Tuesday on LinkedIn at uh, around 12 o'clock. But otherwise, that's where we put up tips, um, updates on Google My Business, because those updates are fast and fierce. Um, so you can make sure to, to 
follow us on there. But yeah, I would say LinkedIn, our website, if you want to reach us directly or just learn a little bit more. But those are the two platforms where we're kind of most participative. So it's rhino-reviews.com. Correct. I haven't figured out how to put that on this on the live stream here. So. Oh, no worries, no worries. I, there's gotta be, I, I think I think I could figure I could figure it out. I'll figure it out some other time. But definitely, <laughs> Chelsea, this has been so much fun. Thank you for being the first interview on Entrepreneurs Enigma. Because before this, before this, it was just me rambling into the phone, not sure what the heck I was going to do with this. Because digital marketing dives on a hiatus until October or November. I mean, we'll have you on that as well because that's very relevant to your industry as well. Um, but thank you for being on. This is so much fun. Of and course, live streamed it. it. Right? Yes, yeah, very fun. Awesome.